welcome to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. Let me get this cut off here. It is show number 65. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the show, and uh, I am on location once again, and uh, sure enough, we have an echo in here. So my guest said it sounds like I'm in the bathroom, but I'm not in the bathroom. I'm actually in the Port Jervis YMCA. I'm at an event for my school. And uh, I ducked out of there to uh, take care of this program and uh, and get rolling with education, leadership, and beyond. So um, we are excited that we are on in Canada. Uh, this is airing live on Voice Ed uh, Radio with my friend Stephen Hurley, and we're going to talk about uh, our journey of getting to know each other and um, uh, his work with Voice Ed Radio. That being said, it is show number sixty-five. And again, happy to be back on uh, education, leadership, and beyond. So today is a Tuesday, and the past two weekends in uh, upstate New York, I uh, took some road trips. Um, I was in Syracuse the weekend before, and if you watched uh, my show uh, with my nephew, uh, so I drove from uh, Northeast Pennsylvania to Syracuse. And then uh, this past weekend, I was at a conference in Lake Placid, New York. Uh, so for those up here in the Northeast, I was on the thruway, and man, it was just beautiful, really uh, beautiful out, the the trees, uh, the colors, and uh, my wife was yelling at me to keep my eyes on the road, uh, but it was just really so beautiful. What a beautiful time of year, and you know, when you think about fall, what do you think about? The trees, right? We think about the beautiful trees, and um all the beautiful scenery. And, and I got thinking about prepping for my show with, with Stephen Hurley and what we were going to talk about and, and, and school. And, you know, when you're driving, you just start thinking about things. And, um, I got thinking about that that beauty is like people, right? You're dealing with, with people and there are all different kinds, all different shapes, all different sizes and all different personalities. And it was like those trees, right? It was like those trees that were just so beautiful together. And when you put all those people together and all of those things together, um, it's just so, you know, they're different, right? But when you put them all together, they look beautiful. Uh, so I got thinking about as a leader, as someone who works in a school, you know, you put all your different staff together and, and, and what they make up together. And it's a beautiful thing, right? It's what makes the world go round. Um, instead of trying to make all of those trees the same or trying to make all of the staff the same, you celebrate those differences. You celebrate the, the differences in, in, in people and their styles and how they do things. I just went through a long process of interviewing uh, people for an assistant principal job, and, and there were so many different uh, kinds of people I met and different styles and uh, at the end of the day, I hired, I hired someone that is is different from me, right? And they're going to help make me and my team better because of their differences. And that goes back to those trees, right? They're they're different, but you put them all together, and they make something uh, beautiful. Sometimes in education, um, people want things to be exactly the same, right? They want every kid to be treated the same way, or every situation with a staff member to be treated the same way, and and. I just don't think like that, right? It's, it's not what makes the world go round. And um, the differences that we have is, is, I think, things to celebrate. So I can hear some kids in the background. They must have uh, come into the field house here and 
we're just going to deal with that. So if there's some noise in the background, I apologize. Uh, but that being said, that's the opening concept, right? Take those differences in people. And when you have them and, and they're, they're all together, people are different. It's a beautiful thing, right? Your schools and, and, and their different teachers and their different styles uh, really is what makes things beautiful about, about a school. And uh, I thought about that on my drives and uh, um, that's the opening concept today. So we are going to uh, welcome Stephen in here and uh, there, there he is. And, and you sound like you are in a, in a much more contained uh, radio friendly, podcast friendly environment, Stephen. Hey, it's taken years to build this up, but yes, here I am. <laughs> I hope I'm not too loud for you. Let me know. I can adjust my mic. No, you can give us a little more volume. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. How's that? Is that a little better? That, is, that sounds great. And you're coming to us from Canada, correct? That is right. The Great White North. There you go. What city are you in, uh, Stephen? Well, I, I live just west of Toronto, so in a little place called Milton. So it's a it's a little town okay. that's growing. It's probably the the largest uh, the largest growing town in the country. We just had some guests here, oh, yeah. Stephen. That makes it real, doesn't it? That makes it real. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me. <laughs> I love it. This is not good. Yeah. This is not good. For our listeners out there, I apologize. I think I'm in the wrong spot. You're in the wrong forest. <laughs> You're in the wrong forest. <laughs> you can't make it up. You can't make it up. And, and we are live, so there's not much I can do about it. So, Stephen, I appreciate you rolling with me. Um, but let's get to it, Stephen. Tell me about this Voice Ed Radio and this, uh, this group you started and the work you're doing uh, with Voice Ed Radio. So voiced.ca, uh, and it's it's only one E, so V-O-I-C-E-D.ca, started, okay. I guess, about uh, in a 2011. And, and one thing I noticed as I was moving through the education space, through blogs and through various conversations, uh, that there, there seemed to be a lot of polarization developing uh, in the conversations we have. And they were kind of uh, one side arguing against another side, whether it's the reading wars or the math wars. Uh, and I, I happened upon, um, <laughs> that is too funny. Who can't appreciate that? Eh? If you, if you love schools and you love uh, education, you gotta, you gotta love that noise. <laughs> It's a, we're, it's a modified track meet. So they are seventh and eighth grade cross country runners. Uh, and I think I'm in the wrong spot. So. Well, I just left my son at a, at a volleyball tournament up the street. So I, I know that, uh, that quite well. Uh, yeah. But no, so I was concerned that we weren't having the conversations we could be having around education. And so I began a multi-author blog space back in 2011 called Voice Ed. Uh, and I guess today, anytime you have an ED on the end of anything, it really uh, lends itself to an education uh, context. So I ran that for a few years, and, and at that time, not everyone had blogs. There weren't as many education bloggers around, and mm -hmm. so I really um, uh, welcomed people into that. There was no charge to become a blogger, and we, we really tried to get some conversation going around on a deeper level. But even then, it, it, there was a bit of an echo chamber, uh, and so that lasted a few years. I was I was um, reading a book uh, in the at Christmas time in 2016, and it was called The Age of Discovery. And in that book, there was a one single line 
uh, that Chris Katarna, the author, made. Uh, and he said, you know, there's a, there's a fine line in a new renaissance, uh, or in a renaissance period, rather, there's a fine line between uh, the creator and the creation. And uh, I believe we're living in a renaissance period where where people can create. People can be, be, create art, they can create craft, they can create podcasts, they can create, uh, I mean, books. There's a very fine line between the creator and the consumer of that creation. And I think that's really exciting. So I've always loved radio and I had been involved with internet radio uh, uh, dating back to 2011 again. And I remember putting down that book and within three or four hours, I had leased a radio stream and began uh, Voice Ed Radio, which is really an extension of that original vision to get us deeper into some of the conversations about education. And it, and it was that book that, that got you going? It, it was, it was, was it was for years here. Yeah, and uh, you know what? I I learned in grade four that I wanted to be in radio and on the radio. And uh, when it when it came time to to apply to radio college, my parents said, "No way, you're going to a university. You're not going to a technical college." And uh, so I went and studied philosophy and theology, and went to a seminary and entered teaching and had a thirty year year career. And then, you know, passions never die, and so the ability to get on uh, and, and, and create something like Voice Ed Radio wasn't possible 10, 15 years ago. It is now, and that's what we're doing. And so that's, uh, cool. that's, that's what I spend my 14 hours a day doing. And you're, you're approaching two years here, uh, correct? Yes, I'm approaching two years. We're approaching two years. And so tell me, what is it, you know, what do you hope to accomplish in five years of Voicehead Radio? What is it that you, you, you hope, or what are you hoping to accomplish? I'm, I'm hoping that we can con contribute. Hang on, someone's trying to get in touch with me. Sorry about you're, that. That's you my get phone interrupted ringing. now, too. <laughs> yeah, I get interrupted. Sorry. So my, my phone <laughs> comes onto my computer, and uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, I didn't. I, didn't. Um, <laughs> I, hope to, I hope to contribute in some way to the deepening and the broadening of conversations that we have in Canada and elsewhere around education. I think if we're going to change the way we do school and do education, then we have to change the way we talk about education and school. And I think there's a lot of depth that we can still get out of, uh, out of our work. And uh, I, I fear that uh, more than ever, our political uh, systems and the conversations we have in the public space are becoming increasingly polarized. And I really hope that something like Voice Ed Radio can gather a community together that's willing to kind of get down in the weeds. And one of the, one of the, the signs of success uh, for us is the fact that we now have people on here, are you ready for it, that don't agree with each other. And as, <laughs> as soon as you get people talking uh, with each other that don't agree with each other, first of all, one thing I noticed is that as soon as you bring voices together, as opposed to allowing people to write in 280 characters, um, something happens. And then when those voices meet face to face over a, a, a brew or a glass of wine or some other beverage, things change. And they realize that the other person doesn't have horns and that they can have actual conversations. And that's what's starting to happen here. So in five years, I just hope uh, this is a, a viable, sustainable space where we can continue to have uh, those conversations that can really change education. 
And and Stephen, you have a number of shows on there. Your website uh, is great. Um, how do you select what kind of content that you want on there? Are you the sole person that says yes or no? And and how do you make those selections of what uh, shows make your your playlist? Well, what I do, uh, I guess about 25% of my day is spent reaching out to people uh, in the education space and beyond and looking for interesting content. Uh, so many of the people in the early stages, and we began, we began in February of 2017 with two podcasts. Uh, it was uh, Roland Chidiak out of uh, Kitchener-Waterloo uh, and Derek Rodenizer out of Ottawa. And people that tuned in said, huh, I hear a lot of Derek and I hear a lot of Roland and I hear some music too because we have music rights uh, and now we have 65 podcasts uh, in our community wow. many of many wow. of those podcasts were created because of this space but people like you uh, were already doing podcasts and so uh, you know reaching out and having having other people find us and, and say hey I'd like to be part of this so there is in terms of a vetting process there's really only um, a couple of things that we that we uh, use as criteria first of all we the person has to to obviously be committed to uh, to you know to what they're doing. Uh, we try to encourage people to, uh, I guess, jo join. They're joining a community. It's not come to Voice Ed Radio and we'll play your stuff. Yes, we will play your stuff, but we really invite you into a community of conversation. We invite you into some of our live broadcasting. So we go, we uh, go live uh, many days during the week, and we invite people into those. Um, if you're a podcaster, we invite you to experiment with live, just like you're doing now. Uh, and <laughs> that can be good and bad. <laughs> it, good and bad, yeah. I love live. I love live. There's less editing to do. Um, yeah, sure. But we also uh, we we also ask people to respect each other uh, and and respect that there are going to be voices here that they don't agree with and maybe they openly disdain. Uh, but that's that's what it's about. Uh, and the only other the only other criteria is that uh you you're, you want to work with us uh, uh i guess i guess the the other thing is that we're not a commercial space so if your podcast is full of advertising we're uh, we're probably gonna we're, take a pass on on that i mean we we re realize that people need to to monetize make money at what they're doing uh, in some cases but we're really trying to um to create a non-commercial space here uh, so those are the ones that we uh, that we may take a second uh, second look at and think about carefully. And and not only are you managing all of this stuff and, and getting podcasts and things like that, you're also doing some of them. Uh, I took a look at yours there, the in conversation with Stephen Hurley. Um, tell me about your podcast and and what you're doing on your show. So what I try to do is uh, to get as many interesting people in education, but also understanding that there are, there's a whole ecosystem that surrounds schools. And uh, I want to talk to the people that are doing things in education, but not necessarily in schools. So I'll mm -hmm. go out and I'll talk to, to people that are uh, in the publishing business. Uh, I'll talk to people who are authors themselves that may not be writing education books, but maybe uh, interested in, um, in sharing how they actually create. Uh, I think that's important for us to hear. Uh, I'll talk to uh, politicians. I'll talk to researchers. We're we're starting a a, a whole stream of of conversations with the research community in education and trying to get to close that gap between uh, what happens in universities and what happens in the field uh, in the schools. Uh, and you know what? 
I, I've reached out and some of the most interesting people I've found are, I'll, I'll read, a, I'll read at least one journal article every day. I'm a little geeky that way. Uh, and then I'll email the author. Uh, I'll read a book and finish it. And before I put it down, I'll email the author. And there's been very, very few people who have not gotten, gotten back to me enthusiastically wanting to be part of a conversation. And uh, so on That's In cool. Conversation, yeah. um, In Conversation is uh, a collection of voices from the field, from research, from uh, the author community, uh, interviewed some musicians, some philosophers. Uh, they're really, anyone that I wake up and find kind of interesting, that's who makes them in conversation. And, and that's so great to hear that uh, people are getting back to you and, and just oh, yeah. like you and I connected, right? Trying to trying to do good work in the field of education and, um, you know, to talk about it. So um, that's really cool. Um, Stephen, after the thing airs, right, after the podcast airs, you know, some of mine get get thousands of views, right, or thousands of listens, and others just get a few hundred. You know, have you determined what it is, like, why did, I mean, I wouldn't say things are going viral, but have you kind of said, like, oh, yeah, this is going to play well, or, uh, you know, Andrew Murata's New York accent on, on uh voice at radio canada is gonna is gonna resonate like what is it that makes some of them go into the thousands i think there are a couple of things andrew that, that i'm learning um one is of course the promotion um you, you need to get out there on uh, social media and let people know that it's there and then once people are there uh th th i think people like things that are real uh, I, a lot of the, a lot of the podcasts and the broadcasts that we have on Voice Ed Radio are conversational, so it's not a it's not one person, uh, you know, giving the five things to do before you wake up on a Sunday morning. Um, mm -hmm. I guess the first one would be to wake up, wouldn't it? Uh, but but they're really <laughs> conversational. They're really grounded in in uh, what people care about and what they're passionate about. Now that said, there are uh, some of the most famous podcasts out there are are people that are giving the five things you should do before you wake up on a Sunday morning uh, and they have personality behind them. But one of the things that we're finding is that people like to listen to people like them. Uh, and so they're not looking for gurus or superstars or heroes. Uh, those ones will always play well, but there's something that is captivating about a teacher in a classroom spending a Saturday or a Sunday or a morning creating a podcast about something that's happened in their classroom that week. Uh, uh, we, we have one uh, real uh, stellar community member. She's, she's just so much a part of, of what we do. Carol Salva from Texas. Uh, she is an e ELL, okay. ELL teacher uh, down in Texas, and she produces a weekly podcast. And she's just received so much uh, play on those because she's giving people something they need um, on Monday, and I, and you know what? I was just thinking about a quote today uh, from uh, someone that I used to work with at Edutopia. I was one of those early bloggers on Edutopia back in the day, and she said, "You know, people need." And we were talking about what sells as a or what would get play as a as a um, blog. Uh, and she said, "People need something for someday, but they also need something for s Monday. So something for someday, something for Monday." And I think a podcast mm. that can give them something to take away and maybe think about today, but then something to chew on over the course of the year, I think is is kind of cool. 
Well, that being said, I hope uh, middle school kids yelling in the background plays well in uh, in Canada. <laughs> well, it does. Um, but that being said, what did you think of the opening concept about the differences in people and, and uh, celebrating those differences? Yeah, I think that really resonated. It really resonates with me. Uh, we tend to think, you're right, we tend to think of, of schools as these places uh, of monolithic entities, whether it's teachers uh, or and, and whether it's students and uh, I think one of the gifts uh, that a teacher can bring into the life of any student is uh, the willingness to see them. And in order to see a child, you have to look and you have to recognize that they are unique. And uh, we have someone, uh, uh, someone up here doing uh, work in self-reg, uh, Stuart, Stuart Shanker. He says, see a child differently, see a different child. And uh, I think that's really, really a powerful concept. So uh, say that one more time. I'm going to write that down. See a child differently. See a different child. Wow. Isn't that powerful? That is powerful. I'm going to use that right away. And, and, and I think we, br we, bring, um, we bring so many assumptions to our work. Uh, and we have to bring assumptions to our work. We can't survive not making some assumptions but when those assumptions get in the way of our seeing what's in front of us it's like the forest for the trees right um and 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 the um i mean the drive you took and the drive we take in the autumn up here and i'm sure you do down there as well uh is just so beautiful but it's that it's that landscape uh you know it's 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 seeing things from a distance, but then when you walk into the forest, when you walk into the woods on an autumn day, you also smell. There's a smell of, of uh, especially in a, a deciduous uh, forest, there's a special smell in autumn. It's almost like a burnt smell, uh, and I'm not yeah. sure how else to describe it. But if you don't walk into the forest, you don't smell it. And I think as teachers, we need to walk into the forest every day and uh, and see what our senses bring us. and. I mean, I, I've always said that teaching, no, I haven't always said it. I'm going to say it now, though. Teaching is such a, a sensual thing. It, it involves sight and it involves sound and it involves, you know, the smells of the gymnasium you're in now. And, uh, and well, let, let's, let, let, so, but we, we need to appreciate that. So, so we need to really, as teachers, live with all of our senses and the students. Uh, are going to give us lots of feedback and we just have to be ready to take that in and to do something with it. And you started talking about teaching in, in your career, Stephen. You're a retired teacher now, is that right? So well that's what they say. Tell me a little bit of, yeah. Tell me a little bit about your teaching career. What did you teach? What what level and, and uh, some of the things about when, when you taught? Well, as I said, I, I wanted to go into radio. Uh, so teaching uh, was a fallback career, according to my parents. You know, not that I, I didn't have a mind of my own, but I had very uh, I grew up in a, a strict Roman Catholic household, and uh, you kind of uh, lived that life. And uh, so my mom said, "Go into teaching. You'll always have something to fall back on." And uh, I fell into teaching, but I I never fell out. So thirty years. Uh, just an indicator of, and I don't mean to sound uh, like I'm bragging or self-righteous. Um, in those 30 years, I took three days off, uh, sick days. And, uh, and are you serious? Yeah, wow. and and one of them I did I I didn't want to be away. And it's not that I was a, a martyr. I mean, I I came in, uh, 
you know, on a Monday morning, probably a little tired and I could have taken a day off and I came in with, you know, sniffles and whatnot, but there was something about the career. There's something about being in schools that, uh, really, um, motivated me and i would get up i would look forward to every day not because i was looking forward to a perfect day many times i looked forward to getting back to school so i could correct some of the mistakes i made the day before uh but i there was there was a real sense of um wonder and curiosity about the whole thing you know and in the in the first years i, I began teaching grade seven and eight uh, and taught pretty well everything at grade seven and eight i taught some instrumental music along the way I took a couple breaks uh, in my career to be a district level consultant in the area of religious education. And then, um, and, th and then something happened. I started writing proposals and I started writing proposals for jobs and uh, they ended up giving me the jobs. So uh, wow. people would say, people would say uh, in my later years, well, what job have you made up for yourself this year? Uh, so I would say a third of my career was spent doing jobs that didn't exist before I made them up. And, uh, it was kind of cool. So, so, so I guess in, in all of that, the, the narrative, the big picture narrative is that um, I found teaching to be a place for imagination and creativity. And uh, right up until my re retirement, uh, and still to, to this day, that's what I live by. I get up at 4.30 every morning uh, to, to get started on Voice Ed Radio, and uh, I go to bed at you know 11 o'clock. I know I'm not getting enough sleep, but it's just so wow. exciting, so exciting. You can hear the passion in your voice. You really can, and you can tell you're excited about what you're working on, which is which is very cool. Um, give me an example of a proposal that you, that you wrote. You were teaching something, and you you said uh, you want you proposed something. Yeah. Else? So back in the uh, the mid '90s, uh, they uh, they started to bring uh, computers into the schools in a bit in a different way. I mean, we had had some pet and Commodore computers in the school, but they started to move them in Apple computers. Um, and I realized that, uh, that not everyone was interested in them or knew what to do with them. So I wrote a proposal basically that says, uh, I, take me out of a school, uh, put me in the family, the, the, the district. And we, we, we had 12, uh, um, I guess six families of school in our board, very large board. Uh, and each of those families had 12 schools. Uh, I said, I, I'll divide up my time. I'll, go to from classroom to school to school, classroom to classroom. I'll be an itinerant curriculum and technology resource teacher. An ictert for short. It sounded like a prehistoric bird. Um, <laughs> I found the I found the email of the superintendent. Uh, and at that time that wasn't easy to do because you know we were just getting started on internet technology. And uh, mm -hmm. she, she was so impressed that I tracked her down and uh, I got the job. I, I and I remember in the summer it was it was touch and go. She kind of went to the mat for me, and I, I emailed her and I said, "I've got a bottle of champagne in one hand and the grade seven eight curriculum in the other, and I'm not sure which one to open <laughs> because it was getting it was getting towards September." She says, uh, "Open the champagne. You're in." And and so we did that, and that job still exists. That role still exists, and uh, uh, I guess now they would be called technology coaches, but back then nobody had ever heard of anything like that. Um, so well, that was look at you going out, yeah, going out on the limb and and uh, right. If you don't ask for it, you're not going to get it, right? It always happened in March. I would uh, March break or spring break uh, is is a it's not a floating holiday around Easter like some of the states, but March, you know, those the first mild days after a long winter, and I would get I would get out the the, the pen or the computer or whatnot, and I would write a proposal, and uh, it was there was something it was my spring fever. 
And uh, and did you stay within the same district the whole time in, in yep. your 30 years? Were you yep. in the same district? Okay. Same district. There was there were enough schools, uh, a lot of schools. They're much larger than uh, some of the districts in the states. Uh, so you know we had 120 elementary schools. So there was a mm -hmm. lot of place to go, wow. and and a lot of a lot of um, a lot of excitement, especially in those early years. I mean, we were hiring 500 teachers every year for the oh for the district, and uh, yeah. But there was a, there was a spirit then, and if you if you if you caught on to that spirit. Uh, you could do you could do anything, you could, and now that's changed a little bit now. I mean, it's locked down a bit more now, but um, so that's what I found: thirty years of of imagination, creativity, and a lot of mistakes. And I said I said uh, to someone the other day, uh, they said, "Well, what was your favorite day of the week?" And it must be Monday. And I and I said, "Yeah, it was Monday." Uh, what was the worst day of the week? Well, Friday. I, I didn't like Fridays, um, other than the fact that we all used to go over to the pub on a Friday. Um, but Friday, it was the longest period of time between uh, when I made the mistake and when I could correct it. So, wow. <laughs> wow. And I made a lot of mistakes. And, you know, I, I, I didn't have the same insights that I do now. And, uh, but it was a journey, a journey. And Stephen, you know, I didn't have this in our question list here, but listening to you speak, you know, you mentioned the seminary and growing up Roman Catholic and religious education. And, um, I actually thought about being a priest myself. Is that something that you, you know, because you're, you're really a teacher in that role. And, yeah. Uh, is that something that you had considered also? It's something I consider every day. Now I'm married now, so I can't do it. But uh, no, I, I, um, I was in the seminary uh, for two years and, you know, I hung around churches growing up. I was a church organist when I was 14 and did that for 40 years and, and uh, ran the youth group. And I guess if you hang around uh, the steel company all your life as a young kid, uh, then you're probably going to steel. So um, <laughs> it just seemed to, uh, and uh there were a couple other things that were happening at the time. I mean, uh, in 1980, when I was graduating university, Afghanistan was uh, was invaded by the Russians. They were talking about the draft in the states and uh, uh, up here in Canada as well. And uh, I don't know, you know, in in hindsight, whether that was kind of in the back of my mind when I wanted to continue school and not ready to graduate in the in the in the midst of that political upheaval. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I've, I've always had a love of philosophy. Uh, uh, I believe, I believe actually, Andrew, that uh, we have too many psychologists in our education system and not enough philosophers. I think for every five psychologists we hire, every district should be required to hire one philosopher. Uh, get them thinking. Get them thinking, get those questions out there and not rush to the answers, you know, just enjoy that process of thinking. Well, that, you, you are an interesting guy, Stephen. You've done a lot of stuff, and uh, but I can really hear the passion in your voice about what you're doing now, and uh, I'm happy to be a part of it, and uh, we're grateful to you for allowing uh, Education Leadership Beyond uh, in Canada, and I hope uh, all my new middle school friends here are not going to get me kicked out. <laughs> this is unbelievable. So. Um, I appreciate your patience, Stephen. For, no, for this, is, this is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. So, well, a fun part of the show is the rapid uh, fire portion. Uh, people uh, get a lot of feedback of it. So let's get to it. And, and hopefully my middle school friends uh, will, will let us get through it. So, okay. Um, you mentioned the, the book that really uh, gave you a paradigm shift, the, the Age of Discovery. But what's the last book you read now? The last book I read was actually an audio book, and the one that I finished, Educated by Tara Westover. Okay. 
Do you know? Last movie is, I don't know, but I'm writing it down here. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it's good. Okay. Canadian? Uh, no, she's from uh, Idaho. True story. Oh, True story. Okay. Yeah, you need to read it. Okay. Uh, last movie you saw? Hidden Figures. You, you give it the two thumbs up? Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, you know, I don't watch a lot of adult movies. Well, I mean, adult in the sense of, you know, that, that aren't aren't animated um and so that was the last one that i actually got to see uh and okay. uh, yeah and so just the fact that it was uh not animated was two thumbs up <laughs> if you we scroll through your phone what would be the greatest artist or the most played artist we would say i would say neil young canadian uh i love the folk rock uh classic rock but uh neil young and uh dire straits early dire straits cool biggest professional pet peeve uh, this one's going to offend some people, but I, I don't like, uh, the branding of the profession, uh, in this, uh, the way that it's happening now. Uh, it's, I, I like the way I like the ability to uh, put yourself out there and your ideas out there. Uh, but I don't like some of the commercialization branding, uh, stuff that's happening. Give me an example. So, um, well, well I mean, this, this is not branding. <laughs> That's not branding. That's writing a book. Uh, but, but you know, the, there's, there are brands created. I, you go to some people's websites and they have the, uh, the swag, you know, get your T-shirt. Uh, uh, there's there, People get on this keynote circuit and, and uh, go around, uh, you know, on, the, on that circuit. Uh, there's something, and I can't put my finger on it, there's something that, um, to me, actually limits conversation. So once you're branded in a certain way, then you have to protect that brand. Uh, and it's, it's a commercialization of, of something that I think should be beyond commercialization. Um, I'm not saying people shouldn't be making money, uh, doing what they're, they're passionate about. Um, but there's a philosophical, uh, conversation to be had there perhaps. Yeah. I like that, Stephen. That's a great, a great point. And, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, best thing about voice ed radio, uh, Canada. Uh, the community that's forming here, the uh, the people that come and want to be part of it and want to share their ideas. And, you know, uh, to me, it just sends chills uh, when I hear of people from Texas uh, meeting uh, someone in Canada that they've met on Voice Ed Radio, but actually meeting face to face and staying with them. You know, it's uh, there's something happening here. And, and uh, I think that's the best thing for me. Very cool. Um Best thing about being Canadian or being from Canada? The seasons. It's got to be the seasons. We are. We make a commitment to our seasons here. Uh, and even with climate change, you know, we have a, a glorious autumn, a, uh, a committed winter, <laughs> uh, and uh, the summer and, and spring are both glorious as well. Yeah, so I would say uh, the seasons. That's what I would miss most about not living in Canada. The CFL or the NFL? Oh, CFL. Yeah. Is it, what's the NFL? Is Doug Flutie uh, still a hero in the CFL? Oh, no. You got you to watch the CFL. CFL is much more exciting. We only have three downs, uh, and it's a, it's a great experience. It, it, you know, the, the crowds aren't as big. I know the money is not as big. Uh, when I grew up with the CFL. I grew up going to the Toronto Argonaut games and, Argonaut, and, yeah. and, and the, those, uh, the, some of those players became teachers, you know, and they would play during the summer and they were teachers during the, during the, uh, in your, dist in your district. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Um, the biggest difference that you think in the Canadian education system versus the U S 
Well, now, how do you say that without offending someone? I think we have a very strong <laughs> commitment to the idea of public education here. And I know you have a public education system. Um, I, I, I think the equity uh, conversation here is really strong. Um, it's being threatened a little bit. And I think it, we stand at a really important opportunity here to, to really stand up and say, what do we mean when we talk about public education and publicly funded education? Cool. I know that's a debate that could go on forever. Yeah. I, I went to Catholic school. You're talking about, um, you know, your Roman Catholic education, but I've been teaching in public schools now for 20 plus years. And uh, there is a lot there. There's a lot of value there and, and we're doing good work. So. Well, I'll, t I'll tell you something, though, Andrew, in the province of Ontario and uh, uh, education is a provincial uh, jurisdiction and responsibility in the province of Ontario, our Catholic schools are fully funded. Wow. Yeah. So that's powerful. Yeah. Just, that's powerful. Just so you know. Something that motivates you is uh, hearing a new voice. And again, in the voice ed radio context, hearing uh, someone come on uh, and do uh, their very first episode, just it's a turn on. It's like it, it keeps me going. Cool. Uh, the three most important qualities of a teacher. I'd say number one, professional knowledge. Uh, the, uh, the, that's important. Uh, I, I Sometimes it's framed as willingness to try new things. I'd say a commitment to try new things is really important. Uh, and then, of course, we were talking early, uh, earlier about empathy, uh, the ability to, to realize that uh, your perspective is not the only perspective. And I I'm not sure who said it, but I love the, the, the idea. Uh, the phrase, I'm not sure who discovered water, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't a fish. And <laughs> the ability to step outside that, uh, our perspective and, and see someone else's, I think it's important. Besides your job and your family, what is something that you're most proud of? Um, I would say my music. And it's something that I don't spend enough time on now, but it's something that I, uh, I go to quite often in social circles. I used to play in a band. As I said, I used to be a church organist. And, and last year I went back and took a piano exam that I walked away from um, 50 years earlier, so or 40 years earlier. Uh, and I, I put myself out there and you know, got a teacher and went back and, and did that. So I'm very proud of that. You are, uh, you got a lot of things in your hopper, man. You are an interesting guy, Steven. <laughs> Short-term personal goal, three to five months. Uh, get in shape. I need to get in shape. I sit too much, uh, too many hours in front of a microphone and, and I need to, uh, to get in shape. Now, now that said, I turned 60 last uh, month, last week. And, uh, and I think I'm doing okay for 60. I've got a nine and an 11 year olds. Um, I'm not sure how that, well, I know how it happened, but I don't know why it happened. Um, and uh, they need me. So I need to stay in shape. Yeah. Oh, wow. Kudos to you. Tell me about, tell me your children's name. Uh, Luke and Liam. Luke is uh, 11 and Liam is nine and they're both amazing. Um, I can't say it's been the easiest uh, nine and 11 years. Uh, you know, I, I lived most of my life single. Uh, and, uh, didn't get married till I was 48. Uh, I didn't get married till I was 48 because I didn't want to dance. I couldn't, I can't dance and I really didn't want to dance at my wedding. And so I sort of ran away from a lot of really great things. <laughs> so, well, that is, it, it, that is cool. Um, long-term personal goal, three to five years. 
Well, I, it's got to be a voice ed radio goal. It's uh, I want this place to become vibrant and sustainable. I want it to be a hub for learning. I've got so many plans and dreams for this this place. I feel we're just beginning, um, and I need some funding. <laughs> so funding is an important part. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, speaking of funding, if someone's listening that uh, loves radio and loves education and wants to uh, sponsor, you know, how, how can people, number one, learn more about Voice Ed Radio? And two, how can people get in touch with you? So the, the website voiceed.ca is really our home and we're getting that redesigned uh, now. So, but, uh, so this is a kind of an intermediary uh, website. We, uh, there, we have so much content coming in that it, uh, we need to find a way of, of uh, cataloging it and, and making it much more searchable. So mm -hmm. people can get in touch with us uh, by going to the website voiceed.ca. So V-O-I-C-E-D.ca. Uh, and uh, they can get in touch with me, Stephen with a PH. Thanks, mom. Uh, at voiceed.ca. <laughs> uh, and uh, they can listen. We have a, a voice ed radio app so they can listen to the live stream. We have, we have stuff playing uh, content playing in our live stream 24 seven. Uh, and they can access that through our uh, voice ed radio app or on the website as well. And we're also, uh, uh, you can find us on Spotify and tune in radio. Oh, you're on Spotify. So what do I look on Spotify? Because we we're new to Spotify. What, what do I, so you should be able to find some of our podcasts there, but if you, uh, if you actually go to tune in radio or go to the radio part of Spotify, I think they've added that now. You should be able to find us there under cool. Voice Ed Radio. Cool. Okay. Uh, and I know I asked you for your favorite quote, and I started writing it down. And then uh, you know, so we're gonna we're gonna let you uh, read that T. S. Eliot quote. Go ahead. Yeah, T. S. Eliot. I love, and I, I that would be one of my also my short term goals is to read more poetry and philosophy. Uh, but T. S. Eliot has a wonderful phrase that I love, uh, and he says, "We shall never cease from exploration, and the all and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time." I love it. And you're exploring, uh, you're exploring this world of radio. Um, and you know what, you, you hit that pause button, you had that seed early. And uh, I give you a lot of credit, uh, Stephen, uh, for this. And um, I'm excited for you. I'm, I'm going to get this app. I'm going to listen more. Um, but you're doing great things, man. Congratulations. Well, you're doing great things. And we appreciate having your voice here. And uh, I know I was kind of slowing. Uh, and, and because we have 65, uh, podcasts now and and i guess about two or three coming in every week people that want to be part of it uh um i i need to get a newsletter out there to the community to bring people together and we're we're going to have a virtual um a virtual pub night coming up um mm. you know I'm I in. yeah you're in uh yeah. and we have uh we're getting ready already for our second uh anniversary and so we will have uh like we did on our first anniversary a an 18 hour live radio marathon. So uh, cool. that'll be on February 2nd, Groundhog Day. Cool. And, uh, that'll be fun. Yeah. So, so, uh, so spread the word and uh, we'll spread the word about you. And we'd love to get you up here to Canada somehow. Uh, and if, if you haven't, if you haven't found it, you asked me for my book recommendation. I was going to put that up there on the screen, but um, there you go. <laughs> A lot of shipping for that book to get to Canada. I know. I appreciate it. <laughs> and it's signed. I love it. <laughs> there you go. Well, I appreciate uh, you looking at that. And, uh, yeah, I know we'll connect on some uh, education things. Um, I was going to recommend a, a Canadian. Uh, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure if you know George Kuros. Oh, I do. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so he was our speaker in, in Lake Placid and just did a fantastic job. Uh, I like your accent a little bit more than his. Uh, but uh, really was, uh, uh, was, was a great speaker. So the innovator's mindset, 
uh, yeah. by George Kuros is the book recommendation. Yeah. Um, can I can I get can I give a book recommendation of my own? Yeah, yeah please do. Yes. So one that has really captivated my imagination is uh, called "The Beautiful Risk of Education," and you would appreciate it probably, Andrew, because it's got a, a little bit of a philosophical bent. It's by Gert Biesta, G E R T Biesta, uh, B I E S T A, who I believe is in the UK now, um, but he's one of those breed of European educationalists who are philosophers and psychologists and thinkers all wrapped up in one. And so I, I recommend that book to anyone that wants to take a deeper dive. Well, cool. I apologize for all the noise here, uh, uh, Stephen. I thought all the kids would be outside uh, running, but uh, I was mistaken. So no, this, uh, has been a, this has been a lot of fun, and I appreciate uh, being, being on with you today. You, you hung in. Your concentration was deep, and I uh, appreciate that. Yeah. Cool, Stephen. Uh, well, again, Voice Ed Radio Canada, Stephen Hurley uh, doing great things. And uh, uh, we're definitely going to keep in touch, Stephen, and uh, do some, some things with education and with radio. Awesome. Awesome. Have a great day. You too. I'm going to cue this music up here, and uh, we're going to sign off here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Continue to go out and change the world of education. Uh, do great things for kids. Stephen Hurley, Voice Head Radio. Thanks so much. Awesome. All right.